Today is Wednesday, December 26, 2018, and this is Radio Wave. across the world from the Radio Wave studio at Caritas, Alabama. This is Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Ten years from now, 20 years from now, 30, 40 years from now, people will still be alive, even 50 years from now. What will they be reminiscing about in those decades to come? If they're following Our Lady and listening to her messages, Many will be asking them, who was born after those dates, what was it like to look forward for the 25th or the 2nd or the mountain apparitions? Because it's surreal. We're so used to it. It's normal. Even in 1988, that's only seven years after the apparitions had begun. But Maria had apparitions every single day. And what was it to her at that point? After seven years, 365 days per year, 365 apparitions per year. That's well over a thousand apparitions. Maria's at our house, has an apparition, goes upstairs with the kids in the upper bedroom. We hear things crashing. We go up there and she's in a pillow fight standing on the bed with them. Knocking them around, knocking them off the bed. That doesn't sound normal. That doesn't sound like someone who just saw the Virgin Mary and had an incredible experience. Whatever touches our human side and the routine of it being so long becomes a normal part of your life. But that mystique gets worn down some. It becomes normal. But that's not going to be there 50 years from now. They're going to want to talk to you or talk to others or go to the writings. What was it like? They want to try to enter into it because they're going to see the world has changed radically through these apparitions. And so we waited on the 25th. We have Christmas and we have baby Jesus comes on Christmas through Our Lady appearing to the visionaries. And yet for us, it's normal. We know this happens. Imagine if you're a 37 years old, the normal thing is, is for the messages to be coming out. Our ladies, every day, you grew up with it. You don't have the cognition of the 60s and the 70s and the late 50s. Actually, I was born in the beginning of the 50s, 1953, where we saw God dying, everything drying out, spiritual drying up, all the benedictions, adorations, no confessions, all dying into the 70s. The lowest peak of man is not now. Even though we see so much evil, 
the lowest peak of mankind and his degradation was just a few seconds, one second, before Our Lady appeared in 1981, June 24th. That was the turnaround of spiritual, mystical, miracles, and the visitation from heaven immediately made believers of the six. And the next few days, a few more, then hundreds, then thousands, then hundreds of thousands, and now millions, and now tens of millions, and there will be billions in the future. We're on the upside. But that didn't stop darkness from going deeper. But the void of holiness was maximum at that date. Holiness is growing, and it is increasing. So is evil. And our lady gave that message. Satan is losing his power. He's becoming more aggressive. He's causing murder, priest against priest. All these things we know are happening, but we see also the light growing. And that's the message we got from our lady this Christmas day when she appeared to Maria. Our Lady's December 25th, 2018 Monthly Message to the World Dear children, I am carrying to you my son, Jesus, who is the King of Peace. He gives you peace. And may it not be only for you, but, little children, carry it to others in joy and humility. I am with you and am praying for you in this time of grace, which God desires to give you. My presence is a sign of love here, while I am with you, to protect you and lead you towards eternity. Thank you for having responded to my call. Oh, there's nothing exciting here. There's nothing she hasn't said before. There's nothing here that's not in the gospel. There's nothing here that you haven't heard from a priest say in so many words. So why should I pay attention to it? If you've got that attitude, if that's how you see it, you have not learned this new language from heaven. Look at French, Spanish, German. That's a language you have to learn. This is a new language you have to learn. It is Our Lady who's told us this. What you read on this paper is not what you can understand. If you read it and you think of this as just too simplistic, you're missing the message. You're not learning the language of Our Lady. This message speaks to 7 billion people on earth, if they saw it today, differently. It speaks to the 7 billion people as just the same language if there's no prayer behind it and they don't enter into it. There's something new with this, something being presented to us that has been repeated on this broadcast and in my writings for 30 plus years that has never happened before. And Our Lady said that, that these words that people pass off as simplistic have more to them and power and grace only if you can comprehend them and you cannot comprehend them with that prayer. Well, I can read that. That's just simple English or simple creation. No, they're not words on paper. They're beyond that. And if you're not getting that out of that, then you haven't entered anywhere in the Medjugorje 
an understanding of what it is about. So what do we look at Christmas? Mainly the Holy Family, that Jesus entered in between these two pillars, that point man God, Jesus says, that I didn't even miss heaven because I had the two pillars of Mary and Joseph. And so who is Joseph? Of all the titles that Lady has that the church has given, the last was given May 5th, 1917. That's over 100 years ago. This is 2018, headed toward 2019. Of all the litanies and all the titles, what do you think the last title was given by the church? And they said this was the last title they were given to her at that time. It was Our Lady, Queen of Peace. God lays the soil out, plows it, plants the seed in it for it to grow. So Fatima grew Our Lady's importance in the world, predicting World War II, predicting World War I would end, and many other things, adding the Fatima prayer, Oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who are most in his mercy. Why? Because we have so much assailing us from Satan. We don't even have the wisdom or the awareness when Satan is getting into our thoughts. He's normal in our day throughout the day. So when you see the church doing something, you know they're planning something in the future. There was a decree, May 1st, 2013, by Pope Francis. In the first decree of the liturgical nature of this pontificate, Pope Francis decided that St. Joseph should be added to the Eucharistic prayers 2, 3, and 4, as they appear in the third typical edition of the Roman Missal, after the name of the Blessed Virgin Mary. What is this for now? No, it's for the future. You know, Visca's got a book. It's all about the life of Our Lady. What does that mean? What was it that she told Visca? And also, besides Visca, Ivanka has the stories about Our Lady. What do you think it's going to be about? I can tell you strongly what I feel like it will be about. It's going to be about her, the Virgin Mary, and Joseph. Things we've never heard about, things we've never seen about. Why? What are we thirsting for? Family? What's the problem in the family? Who's the cause of a lot of strife that comes up? We can look at different writings, different private revelations, such as the poor man God, that sheds light on what are the problems in the family. In the volume, Poem and God, not the newer versions, but the old one, by Maria Votora, there's a title, number 37, you can look this up, The First Working Lessons to Jesus. Jesus said, and this is paraphrased, Joseph was the head of the family. His authority was undisputed and indisputable. Our Lady and Jesus submitted themselves willingly. Joseph's words was their little law. There was no discussion, no oppositions. Do we have this in the family? Is the husband able to exercise those things? Everything's a witness. So how many families live this way? How many people really understand this? How many people adopt this into a family? Well, Joseph was almost sinless, even though he was born with original sin, not like the Virgin Mary. Now, this is a lesson and this is what you're going to probably hear mostly about in the writings of Ivanka and Visca. Because the most holy way of living is in the family. 
and we have people exercising authority as the wife and as the husband with nobody at the headship teaching obedience. Authority is God-given, and one's got to be receiving that authority and reciprocating obedience to that. How do you teach your children to be obedient and follow authority if you're competing with your husband for authority or dominating him on certain questions or completely dominating him because you think he's an idiot or whatever you want to think or he's not qualified? He's qualified, and I've heard people we've talked to, married couples that we've canceled, that once the wife learned to follow the husband and to come underneath his authority, that the wife was amazed at how much wisdom came out of him. And your obedience to that draws that wisdom out. But if you suffocate it, it never is exposed. And it's your punishment because you're bucking it all the time. And he's busy trying to make you come into line with what he is given direction for the family. You say, well, my husband won't do that. It still doesn't excuse you. And I know there's a lot of good wives out there. They've done everything they can. They're trying to live the wifehood they're supposed to. But it is on the woman's fault. Well, how can I contradict what I just said? Because it was his mother. If he's a wreck of a husband, it came still from the mother. This, who he marries, if he's messed up, that wife may be there for his salvation. And she has to live that. And she may be working perfectly with that. But she's got to counsel the sins of the lack of motherhood of what raised her husband and put those bad things in him. You disagree with this? Let's go to the older volumes. Volume 1, Poem Manga by Maria Vitorta, number 27, the title, The Census Edict. And I'm giving you this for those who have the Poem Manga that you can look this up. Go to page 132 and listen to this. If you object to me about the perfect wife, she has to be that way to mitigate the damage to her husband. It came from the wife of his dad, his mother. First, what Our Lady says, I want to paraphrase this because it's a shocking statement. Our Lady said that many marriages break up because wives are not kindness, pity, and solace to their husbands. To go through this sentence, and I think it's very important to go through to understand who Joseph is and who Our Lady is. The point man guy says, quote, But I wish, this is Our Lady, remember, speaking, but I wish to draw the attention of wives to one point. Too many marriages break up through the fault of the woman. I didn't say that. I know that. I've experienced this through the cognition of 32 years, canceling people, writing, how to change your husband, whose opinion is right and the painful truth, that we discovered these things through the messages. Marriages break up through the fault of the woman who does not possess that love, which is everything. And then our lady lists these things. Kindness, pity, solace to their husband. And then our lady says this, the physical sufferings that lie heavy on a woman does not lie heavily on the men. Wow. And there is more physical suffering for the women. They are the weaker gender. And that was done in the Garden of Eden. Our Lady continues, but all the moral worries do, in other words, lay on the man. The necessities of work, decisions to be taken, responsibilities before the established authorities, and one's own family. 
Allie pauses for a moment, and she says, Oh, how many things weigh on the man, and how much comfort also he needs. And yet, a woman's selfishness is such that she adds the weight of useless and sometimes unfair complaints to the burden of a tired, disheartened, worried husband. These are the words of the poor man God, and many people follow this around the world, and many more will in the future. Many private revelations are rejected in the beginning, and these are just fresh from the 40s and 50s. But in time, as people read these, believe in them, become priests, bishops, you'll see this thing validated. Right now, the church says we can read them, just don't declare them supernatural. So let's don't do that. But it's wisdom, and it's biblical, and it's good teachings, and it will be approved in the future as private revelations from Jesus. The church hasn't done that yet, because it's not ready. Picking up what I just said, disheartened and worried husbands, and all this because she is selfish. She does not love. Love is not the satisfaction of one's senses and utility. In yesterday's message, December 25th, our lady says, my presence is a sign of love. That's what she just said. Love is not satisfaction of one's senses and utility. And our message continues yesterday. I am with you to protect you and lead you towards eternity. Going back to the point of man, God, to love is to satisfy him whom we love beyond senses and utility, giving him the help he needs so that he may always be able to keep his wings open to the skies of hope and peace. We have so many stories, so many real-life cognitions of people that have been difficult husbands where the wives did walk right, did try to love, did do that. They didn't know it until they came here. One such I counseled over the years. I finally met the husband. He would bring his wife here, stay in a hotel, didn't want anything about religion. When he came to my office, he was very hard, very cold, very solid against anything religious. And I talked to him as a friend. He melted a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. I talked man to man to him. I told him what marriage was about and what would happen as a result of that. The wife had changed everything. Instead of battling him, she was walking with him, serving him, doing everything. And I told her, you may be put on this life just for his salvation because he didn't even accept God. This went on for years. Little by little, he changed. Then he's on his deathbed. And what happened? He converted. A beautiful story of the labor of the woman loving, supporting somebody who had been injured, probably by the other woman that raised him, his mother. You may be put in this life just for the salvation of the person you marry. Likewise, sometimes on a husband for a woman. But you got to put her in a position. You have authority. It's not easy when one wants to usurp your authority. But anyway, after he died, she put his picture on the mantle. When I recollect, she told me every time she passes him on the mantle that you have my back. And she's in peace because he's in eternal peace. And this is what our lady said yesterday. I am with you to protect you and lead you towards eternity. Wow. And then we have Yako gave a message yesterday. But that ends in a different way in the message and what Our Lady says and leading you to something else. 
which ties all this together, which comes back to St. Joseph, comes back to the husband. Why does she say on the same day two different things lead you to or lead you towards in both messages? Listen carefully. I'll read the first one, and then we'll read Jaco's message yesterday. That was also given. December 25th says, My presence is a sign of love here while I am with you to protect you and to lead you towards eternity. Listen carefully to Yako's message toward the end. Our Ladies, December 25th, 2018, Annual Message to the World through Yaakov Kolo. Dear children, on this day of grace, I am calling you to love. Little children, God loves you immeasurably, and that is why little children, full of trust and without looking back and without fear, completely surrender your hearts to Him so that God may fill them with His love. Do not be afraid to believe in His love and mercy because His love is stronger than every one of your weaknesses and fears. Therefore, my children, full of love in your hearts, trust in Jesus and say your yes to Him because He is the only way which leads you to the Eternal Father. Did you hear that? Say yes to Him because He is the only way which leads you to the Eternal Father. And the other 25th message that day leads you toward eternity. You think Our Lady did that by mistake? Oh, I forgot what I said. I want to reemphasize the other message versus the other. No, she's saying something about fatherhood. She wants us to understand that we have a father, a heavenly father. You have an earthly father. The father of the husband, his authority is from God. And when you disobey that, when he says, I want this happen, not that you have to judge everything and question everything, but you come in harmony with that so the kids can come in harmony because you're given an example that you follow the leader of the family. It doesn't matter if he doesn't read the Bible. It doesn't matter if he knows these things. You're doing a biblical teaching when you follow your husband's wants. Is he going to be selfish? He might be. But you're still teaching the children and witnessing to them to obey, which when you tell them something, they will obey you. But we have too many wives objecting to their husband, child-centered, helicopter moms who are doing great damage. Mary never did that to Joseph. Never. And look who she is. She's so exalted in heaven. She's so high. She's so above everybody. And yet she put herself underneath the man, the husband. And God reinforces that. The angel came to Our Lady. And later, once they become betrothed, the angel comes to Joseph. Why? Because the authority changed to Joseph. And Mary was to follow him and his guidance. She didn't say, Joseph, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm the virgin. I'm the one the angel came to. No, she submitted to that willingly because Joseph's word was their little law. Who's there? That word there refers to Jesus and Mary. God submitted himself to a pure human man. Why? Because he carries God's authority. And authority does not have to always be right. It has to be obeyed. If it's not a great decision, maybe it's a 60% decision. Fruit from obedience makes it 100% fruit. And also into your children's hearts. 
because they learn to be centered around the husband, centered around the father. And that brings unity, the capability of being unified, and anything breaks open, the husband or the father can bring peace to the situation, even if he's not a perfect peacemaker. You teach that. You say, my husband's a drunk. Well, you go tell your kids that, and you keep doing that. He's sorry. He's a drunk. Go ahead and live divorce in your family. Because Ronald Reagan, and I've said this before, he himself, his daddy, was a drunk, a dead drunk. Changing from one job, moving out of five or six houses a year. But the wife made the difference. She trained little Ronnie to always respect him. Always to love your dad. And she always obeyed him. So here's a broken, messed up man that Ronald Reagan came in as a teenager, seeing him in the snow, freezing to death in front of the house, passed out. He was so disappointed. But this man came out whole because the understanding of who the father was and his authority was drilled in Ronald Reagan and he became a whole man because of that. So you want to highlight the negatives? You want to demean him no matter what he is? It's to your demise and your children's demise. That's the power of the perspective the woman gives to her children. You should never condemn your husband. You should never talk him down. You should never bring him low, no matter what he does. Because then you make your children go to that same low degree. And if he's a drunk, you say your father's desire is something good for y'all. He has a weakness. It's a problem. We should look over that. God will take care of us. You are here because of your father. This is good. And he's blessed. And that's what Yaakov's message says. Do not be afraid to believe in his love and his mercy. So grade A plus for your father, grade F minus for your father. And Yaakov's message, do not be afraid to believe in his love and his mercy because his love, God's, the father, is stronger than every one of your weaknesses. Our lady didn't say his love is stronger than your weaknesses. She said his love is stronger than every one, every single one, in other words, of your weaknesses and fears. Therefore, my children, full of love in your hearts, trust in Jesus and say your yes to him. You say yes to your father, heavenly father, and you say yes to your husband, the father of the family, and the children will say yes to you. And through that unity, you can bring God to them because they see how you forgive They see how you live with them, even with defects, are perfect. And so that's why our lady said, I'll paraphrase again and point in God, that many marriages break up because wives are not kindness, pity, solace to the husbands. You're not there to give them a report card. You're there to grade them. Nothing is by chance. Your father is who we have, and we are to praise him and honor him. That's your teachings. That's your healing. In the poem, Man God, in volume one again, page 73, it talks about who Joseph was, besides what we all know about the protector of Christian families, of the workers, etc., and the, of the dying married couples and workmen, all these things. But L.A. says this about Joseph, who of all the people in the world consecrated to the service of God, has consecrated himself as he did. Did you hear that? All the consecrated in the world has never consecrated 
themselves as Joseph did himself to the service of God. And she goes on and says this, that he accepted everything, foregoing everything, bearing everything, fulfilling everything with quickness, with a cheerful mind and a constant humor. And she ends with this, there was no one like him. And so we started a broadcast that Francis has added St. Joseph. And I think we're going to be learning a lot of new things about Joseph. Why? Because we need this for the women to understand how Our Lady reacted to St. Joseph, who she was a superior being in heaven even today. And yet she put herself completely under him as the voice of God for her, obediently. And bigger than that, that Jesus Christ himself binding himself to this foster father. These are amazing things if you enter to him. And Lady said, there is no one like him. So we know many things are happening. We know March 18th is coming up, right around the corner. What happens? Mariana has a special apparition, her annual apparition. What do we know about that? It's Mariana's birthday? No big deal. Our Lady has never given her a salutation. She has Maria and perhaps the other visionaries, but not Mariana, because the date, March 18th, on her birthday is not why she chose that for her annual apparition, but that we will know in the future a reason for that. Something's going to happen on that date. Why is that important? Because the Feast of St. Joseph is March 19th. The eve of March 19th is March 18th, which is a vigil for St. Joseph's Feast Day. So we got our lady's birthday, and we got this is going to be even bigger. Because the need of the father, the need of the woman to understand what a father is, even if he's not perfect, is to be dealt with as if he is perfect. You're not excused. You're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to have pity. You're supposed to be giving consolation to him. There are so many lessons about the family because everything comes through it. God himself came through the family. God himself could have made Jesus a grown man. He did Adam that way. Why did he do this? Because of the witness of Mary and Joseph. There's something really amazing in the Gospel of Matthew in the Bible. There's two things that happens. One's in Matthew, as I just said. The other is in Luke. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it traces Jesus' genealogy back to Abraham through the line of Joseph through the line of David. Why is that important? Well, let's look at the Gospel of Luke where Luke traces Jesus' genealogy back to Adam through the line of Mary as the Son of God. Our Lady is the second Eve. Jesus is the second Adam. But Joseph is not part of the genetics of Jesus. But his DNA is there because he's out of the line of David. All these things tell us something. Tells us something about family. How does it speak to you? March 2nd, 2016, Our Lady says, My son has always been in the Father. By being born on earth, he brought the divine and from me received the human. With him, the word came among us. If some of this is over your head, or maybe not that interesting, look at the breakup of the family. Look how snide things are in the family. Look at the youth. Look at the kids. Look at the babies. I've seen recently little children so rebellious to the parents. They don't even know how to raise children anymore. It's really scary. And they're scared to hurt their feelings. They're making and raising up little snowflakes. 
the culture has always had the peer pressure of adults if a child is doing something wrong. They would catch it from the adult by the virtue of an adult telling a child to do something it doesn't. Society always provided the right to correct that. That's always been that way. It's only in the last one or two generations that's erasing. Don't you dare touch my child. There's something wrong with this. Hillary Clinton, for a purpose of a lie, said a truth and wrote a book called It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. In Africa, the whole village was responsible for rearing up the children. And we got hands off. This is a big sin. This is a big wrong. So we got children. It's untouchable. We've forgotten about authority. We've thrown these things away. We don't believe it anymore to our demise. You cannot raise your children by yourself. When they're out of sight, you want to make sure they're corrected. There's an English proverb, this common law in England. It says this, quote, Every home is a castle. The king has a castle, and he has a real castle, but the peasant doesn't. But the peasant in his little shack, that is called a castle. This proverb means that. It's defining where everybody resides is a castle. Be it a peasant's home, middle class, serf, whatever you might be. Every home is a castle, though the winds of heaven blow through it. What does that mean? It defines it by the next statement. Officers of the state cannot enter. There's something sacred in the castle of the king. There's something sacred in the house of a peasant. And what is that? Authority. When you come underneath somebody's house, that authority rests on who is the head of the household. And you abide by that by going in there. This is not understood by anybody now. And it's rejected to the demise of the whole culture. And that's what I was trying to teach us. We've forgotten order. If I'm visiting and I'm at somebody's house, they ask me, what would I like, what I want to do? I says, it's your choice. You decide. I don't come there and take charge. They may be trying to be kind, but I want to do what they do in their house because I don't have the authority. They do. And I comply with that. I landed in Moscow. Two groups were there. They began to fight over me. They said, who do you want to go with? I said, you'll have to be together and decide. I didn't have the authority to decide or put in the middle, and they worked it out. And I abided where they wanted me to go. This is the way it works. Every home is a castle, though the winds of heaven blow through it. Offers of the state cannot enter. I think it's King Henry. You know what he said? He said, I do not have the authority as king to go to a peasant's house and cross his threshold without his permission. In other words, once I go in that house, all my kingly power is vanquished by the authority of the peasant inside who heads his family. This is sacred. And when respected, fruit comes from it. Disrespected, no fruit comes it. And you open the house to the devil. And that's why this common law proverb says not even the officer of the state can enter into a house. So it's clear the father is the king of his castle. Where there's a king, there'll be a queen. If there's no king, there's no queen. You harm yourself. Our lady said, as I quoted earlier, the woman 
bears heavier physical sufferings, but the father, the man in the house, bears the moral sufferings of the family. So the mother teaches obedience, the father imprints the children in God's design of authority with morals. How does that work? There was a study performed that said, out of all families, when the mothers went to church, less than half of those would continue to go to church. But if the father went, the study showed that if he only went to church with the children, almost 100% of the kids continued to go to church. This is a profound study because it shows and proves that you're imprinted with morals stronger by the man, the father, than by the mother. So it was with Joseph they learned many of his lessons, and in his hands was in wood. And one of those lessons being taught to be a carpenter as a trade, Jesus also died with his hands in the wood. He was her man, she was his wife. Late one winter night, he knelt by her as she gave birth. But it wasn't his child, it wasn't his child. Yet still he took him. As he watched him grow, it brought him joy. He loved that boy, but it wasn't his child. It wasn't his child.
This man, Joseph, is needed today. Just as Our Lady has come for 37 years in apparitions to show us what Mother is, that through her, we're going to learn about Joseph and who he is. Jesus knew who he was. When he was going via Della Rosa to die, Joseph of Marathia, the Pharisee, came to him and said, Don't go to Jerusalem. And it's amazing in the point, man, God, what Jesus told him. He kindly rebuked him. He said, That's not what Joseph would say. Joseph's heart was broken, but he perfectly filled the will of God. And Jesus tells Joseph of Marathia that he. Jesus' foster father, Joseph, would not have advised me to be cowardly. In other words, he would say, go on to Via Della Rosa. Joseph would say that. So basically, Joseph instilled in Jesus, by what he told us, Jesus, that he was instilled by what Joseph said, not to be cowardly, go into the ambush of the crucifixion. That's a lesson for all of us to learn. Because people say, I don't want to get in the middle of a situation. Jesus, show me where he didn't get in the middle of something. When there was something proposed to him, or there was something that came before him, he went in the middle of it. And he didn't take sides. When he did, he did what was right. It's not about getting in the middle of a situation and taking sides. It's about getting in the middle of a situation that you have a responsibility to and decide what is right. And what is right can be looked at what Jesus said in the point man God. To be good requires five things. Order, perseverance, patience, humility, and charity. So to bring order, always authority has to be there. You don't go to issues to decide something. You go by authority. That's how you resolve it. What's right through authority. So you get in the middle of the situation. Where is the authority? Who has the authority? And bring order to that. And therefore, you have the capability of bringing unity. And Jesus continues saying what Joseph, his foster father, would say. But he would have spoken the words that he used to utter when anything painful weighed heavily on us, the Holy Family. And then he says the prayer that Joseph taught Jesus as a child growing up into a man. Quote, Let us raise our spirits. We shall meet the yes of God and we shall forget that it is through men who grieves us. And let us do whatever is burdensome as if the Most High presented it to us. In this way, we shall sanctify Also, the least things, 
and God would love us. That was the prayer. And Jesus added, oh, he would have said, so also to comfort me to suffer the deepest sorrows. And that's how he comforted us. This man, Joseph, is going to come into our future even more through Medjugorje because it's the third part of the Holy Family that needs work on. The show, the exchange from the wife to the husband, the husband to the wife, and the couple to the children. One exercise in authority, one obeying it, and the children looking up to both of these to be followed. A holy way of living that we have desecrated through usurping authority of God and through selfishness. And it has become a tragedy for the world. Contemplate these things. Follow Our Lady. Follow St. Joseph. And it will lead to Jesus. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. Sends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Megagoria. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.